Beautiful humans, welcome back to another episode of the I Like Birds podcast. I'm your host, Zach Rippy, and this podcast is dedicated to the non-believers, the confused believers, and the true believers. Because I, at one time or another, was all three, and I'm here to help you get a better understanding of who Jesus is and what he's all about. Let's grow in our faith together. You learn as I learn. I like the Bible, and I like words, so therefore, I like birds. Let's start the show. People, are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the I Like Birds podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, This is an exciting one because this is the first time in a long time that I've just been stumped on what to write about for an episode. And it's not because of writer's block. It's because I've learned so much about Christ in just this past week because my Jesus books for school right now are just, they're deep in the meat. You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) Maybe that's not the best way to put it, but they're just getting really just heavy and just, uh, man, I'm just excited to share with you. Uh, So I cannot recommend these two books enough uh, because the whole episode that we're doing right now is going to be about, um, I'm going to kind of go back and forth between both of them, but, uh, and I've done some previous episodes about them as well. Uh, Man, I I can't recommend them enough. Uh, The Normal Christian Life by Watchman Nee. He's a brilliant Chinese man who understood Christ better than anyone I've ever read from. Uh, besides Paul and John, of course. And this other book is called Five Minute Theologian. Uh, it's a very, it's a simple read, but each little segment is is deep, you know, and you don't really understand it. Um, or excuse me, you don't really, uh, it's stuff that you've never really read before because it's just so powerful. And you know what's interesting? The study of theology is just kind of taking a subject in the Bible, for instance, love, and just seeing you're studying what, like, Everything was ever said about it in the Bible ever, and it's consolidated into like a, a doctrinal position. Same with like forgiveness, same with um, the blood, the cross. Like there's things that you just get from different parts of Scripture, you know, especially when it comes to, to Paul's writings and then John's writings. And you just kind of get a, a really good picture of what it means to be forgiven and what salvation is and what sin is and what man is, you know? So it's, it's just really powerful. So I do recommend that book as well. Uh, it's called the five minute theologian. Um, like I said, five minute theologian keeps it tight. Watchman knee. He goes down these rabbit holes of just intellectually sound biblical truth. And I'm just extremely fascinated. And I was stuck between which direction I wanted to take for this episode. So before we get nerdy, I got some updates about my life. I just want to kind of share with you guys because this is the Faith Journey podcast and uh, I'm on the road right now doing the RV life, as some of you guys know. And I'm currently uh, writing the first part of this episode in West Virginia. And I went ahead and I finished the second part of this uh, episode in Kentucky. And man, this past week, I've just been on two awesome hikes so far. Uh, One of them was extremely challenging. It was like when you go on the hike uh, app, you know, you can choose easy, moderate or difficult. We chose difficult even though we have a baby, you know, we have a one-year-old, and it was really cool, man, we did like two miles of going straight down, you know, it was muddy, it was rocky, Uh, I almost fell uh, a couple times, it was a little sketchy, because I had Malachi on me one time, people looked at us like we were crazy for bringing him out there, and we were, you know, we we, kind of were, we should have did an easier one, uh, for safety reasons, but we did it, man, Uh, we got to the bottom, and we saw this really cool abandoned coal, uh, coal mine, and then we got to we saw like we had an option you can either go back up or you can go down even further and see more of like where they transported the coal but if you wanted to go down you had to walk 821 steps and we're like dang you know and i'm I'm always up for a challenge so we went ahead and we did it uh i think i think yeah Catherine wore him on the way down and i wore him on the way up and man, I was I was huffing and puffing, but I had the 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 Jocko Wilnick uh, voice in my head of just being like, "Are you tired? Good. Are you exhausted? Good. Does it hurt? Good." If you haven't seen that, look that up. That's on YouTube. It's quite inspiring. Look up Jocko Wilnick. Good. And uh, Noah loves it. It was our uh, summer anthem we would listen to it on the way to this workout group that we used to do in the summer when Noah was with us in Texas but anyway so it's just extremely fascinating doing the hikes and while I'm out on the road man I've been getting this weird not weird I guess it's normal but a little itch right an itch to expand my knowledge on history and as you guys know from the podcast your boy got a little bit more into politics this year than I normally have been right so I'm just kind of fascinated with American history and just history of states 
and just really just you know because if you think about it y'all if you think about it 1776 is not that long ago like we've been a like a nation for 300 years i think it's like 350 or something like that but that's not a long time that's like four generations you know so it's just like there's stuff in this country that is still not discovered you know Anyway, so I just think it's fascinating. And there's just so much I do not know about so much that I'm just trying to be a sponge this year as I have like this free time to experience life and see God's creation and really just grow in my journey and walk in the spirit all while just being appreciative of of the new things I'm experiencing firsthand, you know, instead of reading them in a book or uh, having somebody else tell me about them. Like I really wanted this year to be like a like just a whole new experience, man. I felt I felt like there was so much I didn't know about so much and I just got blitzed with truth and seeking truth that that's kind of why I'm doing this too you know I'm trying to figure some stuff out you know and uh, as you can tell your boy trying to figure it out so anyway let's move on to another great news uh, about what's to come Uh, my best friend Olivier who just got baptized that y'all heard about is actually coming to spend some time with us in Tennessee at the end of this month and we will be doing something that's been on my heart for a while now uh, we will actually go when he's here to the same spots that Armani and Kelly were at in Tennessee. Uh, and we will see the last few things in nature that Armani got to see before he passed away, including some beautiful uh, waterfalls and just scenery and greenery. And we're going to go to a brewery and a distillery. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to rhyme now. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to go see the things that he, he got to see before he passed away. And uh, my heart is just excited about that, man. I don't know. It's just... It, like he was on a vac- vacation with his fiance and uh, they were having a great time. They're about to get married. And uh, as you guys know, uh, some of you don't, but some of you do. Uh, he got struck in the in the neck with a paddle and uh, he had a stroke. And next thing you know, uh, he went to heaven, you know. So uh, my heart is just ready to like go and, you know, just go go with Olivier to see, to see the spots. You know, I just know that it's kind of needed. I don't know if it's like a closure thing or it's just something special. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know how to put words to it yet. Um, I just know that Olivia and I are probably going to have really strong, heavy, good talks out there. And we're going to just be thinking about and remembering our money and just telling stories. And we'll of course be talking about some Jesus as Olivia and I have just really been, uh, leveling up in our friendship lately. Uh, he's becoming nerdy. He's coming nerdy in the Bible now kind of like how I am. And it's just been really great to have a close friend to share the excitement with, uh, for the, for the Lord, you know, and just really just go ham about it. And that's kind of what this episode is about. It's about fellowship and being the body of Christ. So, uh, it's what Jesus talks about, right? When he stresses the importance of fellowship and loving one another and just glorifying him in all your relationships and friendships, it's just been honoring to be able to start to get a taste of what that looks like firsthand through a best friend. You know, me and Mikey have great talks too. Um, and sorry, I'm running out of breath. All right, I'm back. I just took a breathing break. I just wanted to keep it real with you guys on the show. I don't know. I got kind of like nervous, kind of like hesitant to say what I was saying, and then it got kind of out of breath. And I just did a hike. You know, I'm a little, <laughs> a little gassed. Uh, anyway, let's let's get going. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, that news of that kind of what we're experiencing. I think I'm gonna reflect on it a lot, and I'm sure I'll write an episode about it or something like that. And I'm even hoping to convince Olivia to do at least one podcast with me while he's here because this dude is is uh he's next level. Uh, he has so much to go. He's still a baby, but like our talks have been just so good lately, and he's just he's an intellectual too. You know, he doesn't come off that way just because he's he's silly and he's fun. But, man, we just have some great talks, and I'm excited to bring them on the show uh, and at least do one. I want to do a couple of them, but we'll, we'll, we'll at least do one. And we just got to find a way to get the RV to ourselves. So, like, I'm going to be like, oh, Mal- Malachi and Catherine, you guys got to go down to the laundry room and take this roll of quarters or something. You know, I got I to gotta be like, hey, go to Kroger and walk around the fruit aisle for a little bit or something. Or go go get yourself a plant. But, like, look at every plant in the store. <laughs> All right, let's get into today's fascinating truth that we have discovered this week through the writings of Watchman Nee. This is heavy stuff, so pay attention. No scrolling through Instagram while you listen to this one. Are you ready to have your mind blown? All right, this is called The Love of Christ. 
we must have before us now two passages of the word, one from Genesis 2 and one from Ephesians 5, which considered together are of great importance at this point. All right, so I'm going to read them both to you guys. Take a listen. So the Lord God caused the man, Adam, to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. All right, listen, this is so good. This is from Ephesians and it really correlates to Genesis 2. Pay attention. Here we go. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her, meaning the church. He gave up his life for the church to make the church holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her, the church, to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, the church will be holy and without fault. In Ephesians 5, we have the only chapter in the Bible which explains the passage in Genesis 2. What we have presented to us in Ephesians is indeed very remarkable, if we reflect upon it. I refer to what is contained in those words, Christ loved the church. There is something most precious here. We have been taught to think of ourselves as sinners needing redemption. For generations that has been instilled into us, and we praise the Lord for that as our beginning, but it is not what God has in view as his end. God speaks here rather of a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but holy and without blemish. All too often we have thought of the church as being merely so many saved sinners. It is that, but we have made the terms almost equal to one another, as though it were only that, which is not the case. Save sinners with that thought, you have the whole background of sin and the fall. But in God's sight, the church is a divine creation in his son. The one is largely individual, the other corporate. With the one that... With the one, the view is negative, belonging to the past. With the other, it is a positive, looking forward. The eternal purpose is something in the mind of God from eternity concerning his son. And it has as its objective that the son should have a body to express his life. Viewed from that standpoint, from the standpoint of the heart of God, the church is something which is beyond sin and has never been touched by sin. Okay. Okay. This rocked me, all right? This rocked me to the point where I was reading this before bed and I tried to wake Catherine up to tell her about this. The more we know about God, the deeper that we can believe in him and be steadfast in our faith. So that's why it's so important to to be little mini theologians. Even if you don't rock with it that much, even if you don't like to read, just ah, just call yourself a little mini theologian for a little while. It feels good and then you'll you'll just kind of attract it. Pray to God to help you get those revelations right the sinking in of this is of of this truth is just beautiful that god no longer sees us as scumbags god no longer sees us as the scumbags we once were he does not even see a wrinkle a blemish a spot nothing he sees us as the body of his beloved and first begotten son remember we are his children and christ is the head he's the first children He's the first child. We're the brothers and sisters, baby. We are the body. And there's more on that later. But let's fix our eyes on that truth that we are made right with God through Jesus. Stop viewing ourselves as a sinner. We're not anymore in his eyes once we accept Christ and we walk in the spirit. Especially the more we know the son and the more we actually walk in the spirit, the more we get back on the path after we get knocked off of it for a few moments or a few seasons or a few years, whatever the case may be. Come back to Jesus, baby. Episode 33 was good. We can talk to Jesus like he's our friend, our brother and our intercessor to God Almighty himself because he is. Still, I don't know if you guys know this. But it's so cool. He's on when he ascended, he's on the right hand of God, right? And he's intercessing on our behalf. The Bible tells us that in the book of Hebrews, he is on the right hand of God, interceding on our behalf. He's talking to the big guy for us. God loves the son so much that he sees us as good people by affiliation with Christ. 
You understand that? Let me give you an example. It's like when you go to the club, right? And uh, you're with a new buddy from work. You don't really know him too well. But he that that you're at the club with, your buddy, he somehow knows the bouncer. And he's like, oh, no, nah, dude, he's cool. He's with me. <laughs> Jesus is the guy for us when it comes to the club of eternal life. Come to the club. First time listener right now. Hey, come join the birdhouse and get saved. All right, let's continue. There is thus an aspect of the death of the Lord Jesus, which is altogether positive and a matter particularly of love to his church, where the question of sin and sinners does not directly appear. To bring this fact home, Paul takes the incident in Genesis 2 as illustration. Now, this is one of the most marvelous things in the word. And if our eyes have been opened to see it, it will certainly call forth from us great worship. From Genesis 3 onwards, from the coats of skins to Abel's sacrifice, and on from there through the whole Old Testament, there are numerous types which set forth the death of the Lord Jesus as an atonement for sin, right? Yet the apostle does not appeal here to any of those types of his death, but to this one in Genesis 2. And note that, and then recall that this was not until Genesis 3 that sin entered the world. There is one type of the death of Christ in the Old Testament which has nothing to do with sin. For it is not subsequent to the fall, but prior to it. And that type is here in Genesis 2. Let us look at it for a moment. Could we say that Adam was put to sleep because Eve had committed a serious sin? Is that what we have here? Certainly not. For Eve was not yet created. There were as yet no moral issues involved and no problems at all. No, Adam was put to sleep for the express purpose that something might be taken out of him to be formed into something else, into someone else. His sleep was not for her sin, but for her existence. This is what is taught in these verses. This experience of Adam had as its objective the creation of Eve as something determined in the divine counsels. God wanted a woman. He put the man to sleep, took a rib from his side, and made it into a woman. And brought her to the man. This is the picture which God is giving us. It foreshadows an aspect of the death of the Lord Jesus that is not primarily for atonement, but answerable to the sleep of Adam in this chapter. God forbid that I should suggest that the Lord Jesus did not die for purposes of atonement. Praise God he did. We must remember that today we are in fact in Ephesians 5 and not in Genesis 2. Ephesians was written after the fall to men who had suffered from its effects. And in it we have not only the purpose in creation, but also the stars of the fall. Or there would need to be no mention of spot or wrinkle because we are still on the earth and the fall is a historic fact redemption is needed but we must always always view redemption as an interruption an emergency measure made necessary by a uh, a catastrophe break in the straight line of the purpose of god redemption is big enough wonderful enough to occupy a very large place in our vision But God is saying that we should not make redemption to be everything, as though man were created to be redeemed. The fall is indeed a tragic dip downwards in that line of purpose, and that atonement, a blessed recovery, whereby our sins are blotted out and we are restored. But when it is accomplished, there yet remains a work to be done to bring us into the possession of that which Adam never possessed, and to give God what his heart most desires." For God has never forsaken the purpose which is presented in the straight line of his purpose and his will. Adam was never in possession of the life of God as presented in the tree of life. But because of the one work of the Lord Jesus in his death and resurrection, and we must emphasize again that it is all one work, his life was released to become ours by faith. And we have received more than Adam ever possessed. The very purpose of God is brought within reach of fulfillment in us by our receiving Christ as our life. Can I get a amen one time for the one time? Okay, I know that that was a lot. And I know that it's hard to listen to an audiobook kind of reading-esque kind of thing, especially the way I read. So what I want to do is I want to really just kind of talk about what we just read. And I truly just love what it said about God's plan was never to have us redeemed, right? It seems that his plan was for us to live as Jesus did, in perfect harmony with God and other children of God. But of course, man chose Satan. 
Like so many choose him today and like one third of the angels that chose him when he originally fell like lightning. Go check out The Fall of Lucifer Part 1 and 2, a great series on I Like Birds that really tells you about what happened uh, before man was created. And I've always just struggled with this thought and this question. I couldn't wrap my, my mind around how legit from the time we were first created, well, chapter 3 of Genesis and on, we were at that point distant from God. You know, it's like, man, I, I, we couldn't even get it right for a little bit. Two chapters? I think it's one chapter. Chapter two. Come on. No longer could truly be made right with him until my man Jesus came. By the birth of a virgin. Let's talk about that for a second. Jesus came by the by the birth of a virgin. You know, we've, we've kind of heard that our whole lives but like have you ever like thought about that or let it sunk in five minute theologian puts this plain and simple if you doubt the virgin birth this exposes a deeper issue it means that you don't believe in miracles at all and certainly a virgin birth is not more of a miracle than the resurrection they both had to happen because like think about it wouldn't it be strange if a miracle worker who returned from the dead had been conceived like you and i have (laughs) you know before marriage. <laughs> and remember, this is super important biblical cru- uh, truth that I'm about to tell y'all. And I, I've struggled with this. Not struggled with it. I just didn't really know until I started, you know, getting into word and uh, into Jesus books. But Christ is 100% divine and 100% man. Ain't no 50-50 when it comes to the Son of God. All right? He's 100% of both. And let's talk about Adam being put to sleep by God in Genesis 2. So God can create the existence of another human being. Wasn't that powerful when you heard me read that to y'all? Didn't that just kind of make you think like, oh, it kind of makes sense. Like it kind of puts it all together. Right? You know, it's like, I think one of the best things about doing this show and myself learning and just knowing that someone out there is also learning the same stuff that I'm learning just because I'm over here telling y'all is that man they don't teach us at church they don't they don't get weird like we get weird on this show you know they don't get nerdy about it they don't and and i think that like growing in your faith has a lot to do with just the more you know about god and it's the more you the puzzle pieces start to get put together and you're like yeah that makes total sense so remember that this this correlates by with with adam being put to sleep in god in genesis 2 So God can create the existence of another human being. This correlates with us being reborn in Christ once we accept him. And we died with him up there on the cross, like we talked about on the blood and the cross episode. And we resurrected with him and we will spend eternity with him and we'll see him in all his glory. I can't wait to see that. Similar to the prophet Elijah. I want to see him in all his glory. I can't wait. I'm pumped. Are you pumped? I'm pumped. I need to see it. I was just talking to Catherine the other day. We were sitting out there. um, Malachi was napping. I was like, yo, can you imagine seeing Jesus ascend into heaven? Like you're there and you see it. Like, oh my gosh, I would love to see it. But I feel it when I read it. And here's the thing. Here's a little nugget. Me and Olivia the other night, we were talking about this, right? Uh, Elijah got exactly what he asked for from God. Uh, And this is, I don't really know the story of Elijah too well. I'm not an Old Testament guy yet. I haven't got there. I need to. So please forgive me if I say anything that's a little bit not accurate. All right. So keep in mind, I don't really know. Olivia knows more about Elijah than I do. And here we go. If you remember in Matthew 17, during the transfiguration, when Jesus leads Peter, James, and John up to a high mountain to be alone, and it says in verse 2, as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone, uh, shined like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Olivier pointed this out that Elijah was seeing God in all his glory, just like he was asking God to reveal to him. I just think that was so cool. We were just kind of like geeked out about it. And we're like, whoa, you know, like when the, when the puzzle pieces start meshing, it's harder and harder to disbelieve, you know? And, you know, and, and, and I think it, like uh, Paul says it in Romans, I think how like our minds kind of like are naturally just, trying to disprove God or um, 
like prove he doesn't exist or not follow his will. You know, like I think it says something. I man, I should have probably done my homework on this before I said it, but I'm just kind of spitballing right here. But anyway, it's just interesting how we still like, man, I've been doing this podcast for a year. I've been loving Jesus. I'm going to Bible school. Sometimes I'm still like, hmm, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's weird. It's it's just like a human nature thing. I don't, I don't get it. I'm hoping one day I don't have those hmm moments. You know, it's just so interesting how we correlate seeing with believing, you know, and I've seen, I've seen some crazy spiritual stuff, dude. I don't know if I ever told you the story about when I was researching, um, like different religions and like how to become a pastor outside. Um, I don't think I ever shared this story with you guys. This is actually going to be really interesting. This is totally off, off script, but here we go. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was doing some studying. I was, I was doing research. I was like, how do you become a pastor? And I was, you know, I was just kind of like really just figuring out, it's like, man, God put this calling on my life. Like, am I really going to do this? And I'm doing the research and I'm like being hesitant, uh, you know, and I look down to the right outside I look down to the right and I see a snake five feet from me in my backyard a big one one that one that I didn't I, I wasn't expecting to see uh I don't like snakes but this was a spiritual snake I'm telling you I promise you on everything I can this moment was a moment where I felt pierced like in my spirit of like it, like it felt like the snake was asking me am, am I still invited here oh it was the it was the weirdest thing bro I'm telling you it was one of those whoa moments you know and it's funny because like I was wearing slides outside I was wearing sandals and I and I got up to hit him I got up to like I didn't know what to do right I took a picture of him I think and I sent it to Catherine um I, I don't know if I called her or face I was like what do I do do I and then you know, I, I I didn't know if I should go get like a machete or something out of the garage, even though I don't own one. But you know what I mean? Go, do I get a shovel and whack them? You know, so uh, so I got my sand like I was going to get my sandal off and hit my sandal with it. But I just left my sandal on. And, you know, I was like, I'm a, you know, what? I'm a show. I started feeling like bold right in my faith. I was like, you know what? I'm going to show this this snake. I'm going to show the devil that he's not welcome here anymore. And that I'm choosing God and I am going through with this. I am going to pursue ministry. Right. And then I went to go step on it with, with, with my sandal. And then I kind of like chickened out and I just kind of like shoot at him. Like, like you would try to like, <laughs> like you would try to kick something out of the way, like a, like a soda can. Oh, uh, it was just so, it was like, and it's funny cause he got, um, the snake like rose up, got, got defensive, stared me down. And then I stared him down. And then he slithered away under the fence uh, after that. And it was just, it was crazy. So anyway, I've seen some stuff, but I would love, and I'm just, I'm just so in love with Jesus. I think that I would love to see him in all his glory. And I would love to just like, and I, I just can't wait for the day to see him. And as you know, that's the, that's the, that's the reward. I think, you know, I think that that's, that's it. You know, Catherine was like, we we're talking about heaven the other day. And she was like, yeah, man, I, I just, Cause I was asking, I was like, do you think that God is, is like in heaven or above the heavens? You know, cause I was reading in, in this book and talked about that a little bit. I just kind of wanted to pick her brain about it. And, uh, you know, and it's just fascinating because she was like, yeah, well, cause God is spirit. So it's like, he's a, he's above what he created for us. Like he is now. And I'm like, my mind is being blown right now. This is crazy. The wind was blowing and stuff, you know? And, uh, dang, I forgot where I was going with that. Hmm. Oh, okay. Um, so she she thinks that we're like in heaven that are like because God knows our hearts and he knows what we like. He's going to give us spiritual gifts and whatnot when we're in heaven. And it's just going to be dope when we're up there, of course. But uh, she says all that we're like, we'll never get bored up there because number one, he knows our hearts and he knows what we like. But number two, like we're just going to want to spend all day like worshiping Jesus. Like, you know, like hopefully I get some vocal cords up there and I can worship properly. But at the same time, that's what we're going to be doing up there, you know. So anyway. Uh, that got a little bit off script, but also like, I felt like it was, I don't know. I enjoyed telling you, you guys that. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it yourselves, but let's get back to it and let's learn some more stuff about the Lord. All right. Let's see what Watchman Nee says about Adam being put to sleep. This is fascinating stuff. Y'all Adam was put to sleep. We remember that it is said of believers that they fall asleep rather than they die. Why? Because whenever death is mentioned, sin is there in the background. Ooh, that's good. Listen to that. Because whenever death is mentioned, sin is there in the background. In Genesis 3, sin entered the world and death through sin. But Adam's sleep preceded that. So the type of the Lord Jesus here is not like other types in the Old Testament. In relation to sin and atonement, there is a lamb or a bullock slain. But here Adam was not slain, but only put to sleep as awake again. 
Thus, he prefigures a death that is not on account of sin, but that has in view increase in resurrection. Then, too, we must note that Eve was not created as a separate entity by a separate creation parallel to that of Adam. Adam slept and Eve was created out of Adam. That is God's method with the church. God's second man has awakened from his sleep and his church is created in him and of him to draw her life from him and to display that resurrection life. God has a son, his only begotten son, and he seeks that the son should have brethren, which means brothers and sisters, right? From the position of only begotten, he will become the first begotten. And instead of the son alone, God will have many sons. One grain of wheat has died and many grains will spring up. The first, spring, the first grain was once the only grain. Now it has become the first of many. The Lord Jesus laid down his life, and that life emerged into many lives. There are the biblical figures we have used, uh, Hithro, in our study to express this truth. Now in the figure of Eve, the singular takes the place of the plural. The outcome of the cross is shown to be a single person, a bride for the son. Us, baby. Christ loved the church, and he gave himself up for it. That is it. Oh, I get so pumped. We are the church. We are the ones that sprang into new existence. We became different in the eyes of God. We are who he was coming for. He came for us. There's another section in the five minute theologian book that I was reading last night called election. Like God's election. Like he chose us. We are chosen to be his. And I saw something so beautiful on Twitter. Yes, Twitter. <laughs> Maybe not beautiful, right? Maybe just super real and needed for the culture. Uh, it said this, and I hope y'all like it because it's, it's good. It said, uh, Jesus hung around with sinners to bring them to repentance, not to applaud their sin. Oh, amen. This culture needs to hear that. Needs to hear this truth because it's so real. It's like, yes, we are saved by believing in Christ, but he needs you to repent. Which means not just admitting your sin, but working to change that. Sin less. At least sin less. You can't sin less one time for the, for the son of God. Right? And it's like the more you know Christ, the more you let him in, the more you talk to him, and the more that you're just rocking with Jesus, the easier it is to do those things, right? It's easier to repent because you start feeling conviction from the Lord, you know, and that that's real. That's the spirit. The Holy Spirit does that. Does it with me. Your boy been uh, porn free for a year. Can I get a round of applause <laughs> in your car? Just saying. Broke that chain right off, you know? And uh, I think I'm going to continue sharing that because I think that's powerful. And I would, telling you, I'm going to take a sip of my drink real quick. I would never have thought that I would not watch that again. You know, like I never thought, I thought it was just going to be in my life forever. It was so normal to me. It was, yeah, anyway, we've done episodes about it. Episode four, go check it out. And then Sexual Sin Spirals, we talk about a lot. I don't really want to get too onto that right now because that's not what we're talking about. But let's talk about our walk with Christ. All right, let's talk about it real quick. Um, We're all on our own walk. We're all at a different place right now. We're on a different season of our faith. Some of us may have listened more to this show when COVID was popping off, just, you know, you had more time, uh, you needed more faith, you know, to get through that season. Some of y'all back to just doing your lives and, you know, you got, I don't know if you got God on the sideline. I don't know. I'm just, I'm over here speculating, you know, uh, some of y'all just recently found the show and you're hype and you're loving Jesus and you're loving that everything that's going on in your life of glorifying God and just coming to him. Uh, some of y'all have been rocking with Jesus for a while, you know, uh, which is dope, which is awesome. You're maturing in your faith. I don't know why you're, you're listening to a little baby like me, but hey, I appreciate you being here. And I've just been really personally, uh, really trying to be intentional on walking more in the spirit rather than the flesh. And what does that really mean? Think of a pie chart and the spirit is at 60% of the pie chart and the flesh is at 40%. And that's being extremely generous for a guy like me at this early stage in my walk. I'm just using this as an example. But I truly want personally in my own faith journey, I truly want to raise my walking in the spirit pie graph level a few points as I continue my walk. Like I want to progress, even if it's just like 1% every month, 1% every 
hopefully it's not year, but at least 1% every month, you know, is the goal, which means letting Christ do the work in me and have the spirit outpour as I grow in my faith. It means truly denying yourself, being conscious of your temptations, owning your mistakes, and truly humbling yourself and surrendering to his will over yours. Like, let me ask you something. Like, like, think about this. You want that new job that keeps you super busy and away from your family? Think about this real quick. It's a good job, right? But you're super busy and you're away from your family? Is that God's will or the world's will? I'm over here still trying to wrap my head around not having a job and a constant and a consistent paycheck. I'm still working through that. And I'm working on realizing I'm trying to do God's will for this next year and having this year springboard me into the next chapter, which I'm hoping and praying is a ministry position or a best-selling author. All right. One of the two. I got big dreams. Right. You know, so I have to really remind myself. And one of the things I do is I have to realize I have to walk in the spirit to remind myself that, yo, this year that you're doing this and you're not making, you know, a paycheck per se is the year that is going to springboard you into the next chapter. It's going to it's going to be the foundation that helps you reach those goals that you have that God has put on your life. Right. Anyway. Y'all still with me? All right. You feeling okay? Feeling okay enough to go a little bit deeper? All right. Let's get in this one right here. This is this is some good stuff right here, y'all. This is some good stuff. You're going to like it, okay? All right. So we're going to be a little bit in Romans. I hope you don't mind. Romans is a heavy one, but we're going to be in Romans. It's great. All right. So let's talk about Romans 12. All right. And the following chapters contain some very practical instructions for our life and our walk, which means like how do we walk in the spirit? Let's talk about it real quick. I think y'all will benefit from it because I benefited from it just reading about it. Okay, here we go. All right, it says a living sacrifice to God. This is Paul talking. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will accept. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, the church. We are so many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophecy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. I love that one. Never be lazy. Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. You guys see why I like Paul. Do you see why I like Paul? But he's real. But he's real. All right? He tells it like it is. And, man, this is good stuff. All right, let's read a little bit further here. All right, this is Watchman Nee. Once again, The Normal Christian Life. Highly recommend it. He says, this is something that goes beyond the merely individual, for it implies contribution to a whole. 
The presenting is personal, but the sacrifice is corporate. It is one sacrifice. Intelligent service to God is one service. We need never feel our contribution is not needed, for it contributes to the service. God is satisfied. And it is through this kind of service that we prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Or in other words, realize our part in God's eternal purpose in Christ Jesus. So Paul's appeal to every man that is among you is in the light of this new divine fact that we, who are many, are one body in Christ. Did you hear that? We are one body in Christ and severely members one of another. And it is on this basis that the practical instructions follow. The vessel through which the Lord Jesus can reveal himself in this generation is not the individual, but the body. True, God hath dealt to each man a measure of faith, but alone in isolation man can never fulfill God's purpose. Why do you think they kept you quarantined? Why do you think they made you watch church online? That's not the works of God. That's the work of the enemy, a spiritual warfare, guys. Come on, get with the program. Wake up. It requires a complete body to attain to the stature of Christ and to display his glory. It requires a complete body to attain to the stature of Christ and to display his glory. That's crazy. Watchman Nee kind of knew what was going on with the COVID stuff. That's wild. Did you all hear that? All right, so this is truly powerful. It teaches us so much about our role in the kingdom, our role as an individual in the overall body of Christ, other believers. We all have something that we can offer someone else. You have spiritual gifts that I do not. All right, for instance, when it was talking about uh, if you have the spirit of generosity, give generously. If you have the spirit of encouraging others, be encouraging. If you have the spirit of being a teacher, teach well. Like Just do what you do and do it for God. You do what you're already good at and do it for God. That is probably your purpose and your plan and the will of God on your life. Like I am wired as an intellectual as well as kind of emotional. Catherine is wired as reasonable and logical. Her and I serve different purposes for the body of Christ. I can reach people with words. She can reach people with actions. You listening have a different and a specific way of glorifying Jesus than I do. Some folks pray deeper, better, and more intimately. Some people heal, they comfort, and they restore. Some people sing, they dance, and they create art for the glory of Christ. We are important to make the whole body function to do the will of God. We need to, to as a ministry, we need to, as a ministry of this show, step into those gifts and talents and attributes and use them to help grow the body even bigger and better than it was yesterday. Like it said, the vessel through which the Lord Jesus can reveal himself in this generation is not the individual, but the body. It means he needs us collectively all to work in harmony together for a common mission, or shall I say, a great commission. Let's go even further and let's hear what my man Nee has to say about all this. Individual Christians are not the body. They are its members. And in a human body, all the members have not the same office. The ear must not imagine itself to be an eye. No amount of prayer will give sight to the ear, but the whole body can see through the eye. So speaking figuratively, I may have only the gift of hearing, but I can see through others who have the gift of sight. Or perhaps I can walk but cannot work, so I receive help from the hands. And an all too common attitude amongst us believers is to the things of the Lord is that what I know, I know, and what I don't know, I don't know, and can do quite well without. But in Christ, the things that we do not know, others do, and we may know them and enter into the enjoyment of them through others. And this is why fellowship with other believers is so important. And guys, I have to confess something. I truly miss my church. I miss having community. I thrive off of being around others. And I also love being alone. So it is the perfect balance. But right now, it's just me and Catherine and Malachi and a couple strangers out here. And occasionally we'll go see some friends and whatnot. But the truth is, man, community is so important. And I'm really seeing that and the effects of not having that on my life. And I just miss it, man. A community of other people who rock with Jesus and love doing life for Christ is something that is unexplainably special and it's just so beneficial. I really encourage you to find that if you don't have that. And I see people who love Jesus differently than I see people who don't. It's the only thing I truly desire to have in common with people these days. Yes, I'm trying to be a soul winner, so I still value that time with unbelievers as well. But man, it just hits different when you're in a room with other men who love the Lord. It's uplifting, it's inspiring, and they are truly there for you. 
I'll give you an example. My church on man's night would do this thing where if anybody in the room, any man in the room, because it was man's night, if any man in the room was looking for work and needed a job to stand up and other men would go and give them an opportunity or use their own networks to help find them a job, it was a beautiful thing. And they'd also ask if we had any prayer requests. And man, it was just a dope experience to see humans treat other humans like that. And the thing that's so important about getting plugged into a church is the fact that you get to do life with these people. You get to do life with them. It's cool, man. It's small groups. It's Bible studies. It's dinners. It's celebrations. It's holidays. It's sending Jesus memes back and forth. It's lunch after church. It's activities. We were doing a Thursday night basketball night where we would play We were, we would play ball and we would just talk about life and church and Jesus in between the games. You know, it was competitive, but not enough to, like, you know, ruffle some feathers. And, you know, at first I went for the hoops, but then after that I started just going for the, for the good men, you know? <laughs> I started going for the men. Uh, the old me would have been like, no homo after that line. But, hey, I'm growing. So I encourage you listening to find a church and get connected. Get plugged in. Put yourself out there. Come on. Meet some awesome people who also love the Lord. And I know. I know what you're going to say. I know the I know the outs that people have nowadays. Your last church sucked. The people were hypocrites. Yeah, well, Newsflash, we all suck and we're all hypocrites sometimes. Forgive and move on. It's not about them. It's about you and Jesus. Let's go. And if you don't believe me because I'm just little old Zach Grippy, let's hear it from Watchman Nee, who is way more brilliant than myself as of now. Let's get it. Let me stress that this is not just a comfortable thought. It is a vital factor in the life of God's people. We cannot get along without one another. Like, we cannot get along in this life without one another. Not, like, get along, like, argue. We cannot go through life without one another. That is why fellowship and prayer is so important. It says here, pray together. It brings in the help of the body, as must be clear from Matthew uh, chapter 18. Trusting the Lord by myself may not be enough. I must trust him with others. I must learn to pray our Father on the basis of oneness with the body. For without the help of the body, I cannot get through. In the sphere of service, this is in the sphere of service. This is even more apparent. Alone, I cannot serve the Lord effectively, and He will spare no pains to teach me this. He will bring things to an end, allowing doors to close and leaving me ineffectively knocking my head against a blank wall until I realize that I need the help of the body as well as of the Lord. For the life of Christ is the life of the body, and His gifts are given to us for work that builds up the body. The body is not an illustration, but a fact. The Bible does not just say that the church is like a body, but that it is the body of Christ. We who are many are one body in Christ. All the members together are one body, for all share his life, as though he were himself distributed amongst his members. I was once with a group of Chinese believers who found it very hard to understand how the body could be one when they were all separate individuals who made it up. One Sunday, I was about to break the bread at the Lord's table, and I asked him to look very carefully at the loaf before I broke it. Then, after it had been distributed and eaten, I pointed out that though it was inside of all of them, it was still one loaf, not many. The loaf was divided, but Christ is not divided, even in the sense in which that the loaf was. He is still one spirit in us, and we are all one in him. So you might ask, man, I don't really want to go to church. I don't really want to make friends. I just want to just rock with Jesus by myself. Why can't I just do it alone? Well, here's the answer. This is the very opposite of man's condition of nature. In Adam, I have the life of Adam, but that is essentially individual. There is no union. There's no fellowship and sin, but only self-interest and distrust of others. As I go on with the Lord in my walk in the Spirit, I soon discover not only that the problem of sin and of my uh, and my natural strength has to be dealt with but there is also a further problem created by my individual life the life that is sufficient in itself and does not recognize its need for and union in the body i may have got over the problem of sin and the flesh and yet still be confirmed individualist i want holiness and victory and fruitfulness for myself personally and apart but that's from my purest motives that's me being selfish but such an attitude ignores the body and so cannot provide God with satisfaction. He must deal with me there, therefore in this matter also, or I shall remain in conflict with his ends. God does not blame me for being an individual, but for my individualism. 
His greatest problem is not the outward divisions and denominations that divide his church, but our own individualistic hearts. Yes, the cross must do its work here, reminding me that in Christ I have died to the old life of independence which I inherited from Adam, and that in resurrection I have become not just an individual believer in Christ, but a member of his body. There is a vast difference between the two. When I see this, I shall at once have done with independence and shall seek fellowship. The life of Christ in me will gravitate to the life of Christ in others. I can no longer take an individual line. Jealousy will go. Competition will go. Private work will go. My interests, my ambitions, my preferences, all will go. It will no longer matter which of us does the work. All that will matter will be that the body grows. So what do we do, guys? We take this message and we apply it to our lives. We let it sink in and help you realize what it truly means to be the body of Christ. Being connected with other believers is essential to growing in our faith, glorifying Christ and bringing others to Christ and watching the gifts that God will bless upon your life, all while in the company of souls you are going to spend eternity with. I encourage you today to get plugged into a church. Treat this ministry as your church and help spread the word. Bring some friends into the show that you're close with and just talk about the episodes and, and, and go off on your own little path of, of learning about Christ. Talk to a stranger about Christ and even pray on what it is that is your spiritual gifts that are going to help you glorify him. You know, step into those things. And thank you for listening to this heavy doctrinal episode and i hope you're enjoying all that we have been learning about lately screenshot this specific episode and post it on instagram stories or your facebook page and tag me in it so i can reshare it i'd love to see it much love to you guys and everyone who's been buying shirts aunt denise tammy will matt rocco lauren ashley young ricky jenny kaylin jess two abigails mikey bianca nick wolf olivier george fran kayla zachary white newbie and so many more it means the world. And if I left your name out, it's just because that was off the top of the dome when I was writing this episode. So I hope you continue supporting the show as we go into year two of this ministry. Subscribe to the show if it's your first time here and catch up on previous episodes if you've been slacking lately. Ha! Joking. Not really. All right. Cool. Talk to you soon. And thank you for tuning in. I'm actually in Kentucky right now. Uh, I'll be in Tennessee next week. Show some love. Uh, yeah, man. Share this episode and I'll see y'all soon. All right. Thanks for listening.